If you want to support this podcast and get a full ad-free episode, sign up to Headstuff Plus. All right. Now we're getting on. Guys, I'm being zen. Uh, call me the iPod killer, because I'm the creative zen. Some of you are too young to remember what that is. I remember going into Curry's PC world. Can't call it that now. Bloody PC police. <laughs> Where's There's got to be a joke there. Anyway, some of you will figure it out. Um, hang on, let's try and figure that out. Bloody, bloody PC police coming in, changing the name of Curry's. Because you can't go, I don't know, whatever, whatever. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about, right? I'm being zen. Call me Dwayne Johnson in Alsa. Because I'm the I'm a rock pool. Hmm? Alsa, the popular fitness center out by the airport. I am zen because I'm forcing myself to be. I have tried to record now about 10 separate times. And that voice, who we all find very funny, he sometimes pops up every so often. And he's like, ah, shut up. You know, sometimes I get a bit carried away. I'm talking about a sentence. I kind of lose the focus. And that co-host of mine, who I'm going to call Gary, right? I'm going to call him Gary. Brezzy calls his fella Jeffrey. I'm going to call mine Gary. Okay? Because, like, what kind of co-host is that? I basically, I've tried to record about 20 different intros. And they're unlistenable. Because that voice. You know, could you imagine on, you know, whatever, GMTV. I know it's not called that anymore. GMTV, Holly Willoughby, is like... Uh, Oh, so now we have um, Catherine. Catherine, you're the survivor of... And then Philip Schofield's like, shut up, shut up. <laughs> Stop it, shut up, you idiot. Whatever. Imagine that, Philip Schofield. Holly's like, well, okay, what, what, I'm sorry, my, my note here says... And, and Philip Schofield, whatever, whatever. Leave it, shut up. So I'm not having him. I'm going to say, do you know what? Le uh, leave it, Gary. Leave it, Gary. So I'm being zen, right? I'm being zen because this is episode 10. Yeah? And that's a milestone. I love metric numbers. You know? Ten, I, I must have had 10 Miller Genuine drafts last night. Wow, it's a lot of beers. The car was going 100 miles an hour, 100 kilometers an hour. They're about the same speed to me because about 100. So 10 is a big... 10. 10 episodes. That's more episodes of the Skywalker saga of Star Wars. And you know what? In terms of overall percentage good rating... Whatever. Shut up, Gary. In terms of overall percentage, I would say the majority of these episodes have been good. Which means it's better, better consistency than the actual Star Wars saga. What do you think of that? That Kathleen Kennedy, who I've recently actually warmed to. Kathleen Kennedy, <laughs> I call her Kennedy, because it's as in comedy, because she's a fucking joke. 
Um, no, Kathleen Kennedy, I've warmed to, right? I do, I'm not, this isn't going to be about Star Wars, okay? But I do feel like the Star Wars saga has been a cash grab and a rudderless, um, rudderless ship, right? There was no overall plan for the trilogy. That's a massive oversight, but you can't, you know, I feel, I felt like, who's this fucking Kathleen Kennedy? And maybe, do you know what? Maybe, maybe in my mind, maybe in my mind, there was some deep-rooted chauvinism. Maybe there was something that, oh, wow, this woman who's ahead of the Star Wars franchise and pops her head above the parapet. Maybe. I don't think so. I don't think so in a huge regard. But I, I, I like to be critical and skeptical of that and see if there is something coming from that, right? But it's Kathleen Kennedy is, you know, whatever, looking after the whole Star Wars Disney thing, right? And I can't begrudge her. I mean, she's been around for everything. She's produced pretty much everything, you know. She produced E.T., and all these Spielberg flicks. She's a very accomplished woman. So, and, you know, she's definitely reinvigorated it and made people, you know, whatever. Bounty Hunter or Mandalorian's class. Speaking of E.T., Mama Pals, the Dream Gun crew. Uh, Dream Gun, if you haven't seen the shows or listened to the podcast, actually, highly recommend that. Dream Gun Film Reads is a very fun show um, where... Uh, I'm an actor in it, uh, and me, myself, and other uh, actors and comedians read scripts written by some very funny writers, the Dream Gun crew, and they rewrite films. So we've done Shawshank Redemption, we've done uh, Terminator 2, Batman Begins, uh, Willy Wonka, Willy Wanker. Uh, I'll let it know, Willy. Um... Uh, Golden Knight, loads of flicks. And then we did E.T. there in Wheelands. And it was gas. Great show. But the only kind of caveat of it is, you know, you have to watch the film ahead of time because some of the lines are like verbatim what you'd hear in the script. So you want to kind of get the tone as best you can. And then the jokes are in there. So I was watching E.T. And I realized, John Williams, these, these fat cats, you know, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, Oh, John Williams, everything. Everything. Everything he does in a film levitates it. Levioso, Harry Potter, case in point. My wife said that she thinks the Harry Potter score is the best thing about the film. I agree. Because if I don't, she'll divorce me. Um, but I was watching E.T. and it sucks. It sucks. A lot of good points. I love the fact that early on in the film... You don't see any of the adults. You see, you see the mother, but all the adults, their faces are always in shadow. You know, it's gorgeous. They almost, they themselves seem as alien, you know, as 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 the as E.T. does. But E.T. looks like shit. He's awful. And I think, controversially, that if you had John Williams score Mac and Me, the less popular E.T. knockoff created by McDonald's, look it up. It's brilliant. It's brilliant, you know. But if John Williams had scored Mac and Me, I think it'd be a better flick. There you are. Hmm? Hold me accountable to that. Ten episodes. Still spouting the shite. Oh, and I tell you, oh, I gotta tell you this. Ooh. Did I... You know my New Year's resolution of being really, really, really dumb? Well, um... Kind of bit me in the ass. And I'll tell you about it all. 
on Tony Cantwell's Shit Show. So guys, I'm being zen, right? This is the Tony Cantwell shit show, not the Gary show, right? I'm not letting him pipe up. I know we have a bit of banter back and forth, right? It's obviously, you know, I can appreciate as a listener. It's enjoyable to hear a, a man have a, a breakdown and be ultra critical of himself. But I've actually been getting more messages now from people kind of saying, hey, genuinely do do stop being so hard on yourself so i'm taking that on board hey we're having a good time huh and hey this whole fuck the boats thing's really taken off oh my god someone uh sent me uh, uh instagram that they had done there's gary gary was about to say uh sent me a uh, instagram uh, all right granddad no leave it gary someone sent me a instagram of someone they had got uh, a card a handmade card said fuck the boats yes man it's taken off i was at the gossies there i'll get onto that in a second um and at the end of the night someone passed me an envelope and inside was a note said fuck the boats it's the trend right it's the it's the perspective to get on side don't tell me it's impossible don't tell me it shouldn't be done Fuck the boats. Let's get it done. So, happy times there. Now, I said, I, I, I alluded up top that I had done something really stupid. And, you know, I had been a bit dumb, right? So, basically, look, I I um, I went to the Gossie Awards, right? The Gossies, the Gossies is a showbiz blog that has an awards for, you know, there's not, you know, there's no, like, style or, you know, glitterati uh, awards in Dublin. Uh, or in Ireland. Maybe there is, but, you know, I haven't been invited to them, so they don't exist. Um, so I got nominated for uh, Top Social Media Star. Yeah. Uh, I was in there with the likes of uh, my peers, James Kavanagh, uh, James Patrice, the two Johnnies. Um, Enya Martin was in there. Um, lo- loads of loads of folk, right? So I was in there. Um and look, I can appreciate when they have, you know, ceremonies and award shows like this, that they're fairly small. The Gossies themselves are fairly small. They're like a blog. Um, you know, they're fairly ambitious. So they have awards like this. So you can't begrudge. You can't begrudge them. Basically, look, basically, right. They gave all the nominees a spare ticket, a free ticket, but they, they couldn't give plus ones. Right. They couldn't, and had they just said, had they just said, look, we can't give any plus ones, I'd be like, okay. But it was then they were like, look, we'll give you plus ones. You can buy a plus one. And the tickets were extortionate. Honestly. If they even just told me I couldn't have them. If they said there was no way of me ever being able to get a plus one. I'd have been like, okay. But they just, it was, you know, a little bit out of my price range, right? And I, I can't begrudge them. I do. But that's not fair. I can't begrudge them. They're a small blog, right? So I got it in my head, right, that they were lying to me, <laughs> right? I got it in my head that they were lying to me and they were giving them to everyone. And the thing that made me think that was 
Conor McGregor was up for most stylish man. I mean, of course he wasn't going to go, right? He was nominated for most stylish man. And I thought, yeah, are they fucking charging D Devlin 135 euro? I shouldn't have said the price. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said the price just now. But what? They're going to be like, yeah, cheers for coming, Connor. Um, and it'll be 135 quid for your wife. Right? Not even your wife. Terry's my wife. She should go for free. D should have to pay. Right. Anyway, I got it in my head because I didn't think they would charge D Devlin, the life partner of Conor McGregor, one of the biggest stars in the world. See, this is where it goes. This is where it's a, it is a mix of insecurity and ego at the same time. Right? And also because I'd got on to some of the nominees. Because I love my wife. You know, I don't love her. I don't love her as much as 35 quid, right? 135 quid. <laughs> Did I just say I don't love my wife worth 35 quid? Look, Terry was like, look, no, like, you know, we're a unit. That's a, that's a lot of money. It's just going to be one night. And essentially, it, it's just a showbiz show. And we probably won't even know many of the people there. And it turned out to be true. But whatever. It was still a fun night. I'll get onto that in a second. Um, and she was like, look, just go on your own. And I was willing to pay, but she said, go on your own. Um, so I was chatting to some of the other people who I thought might be going, right? Some of the other contestants, nominees, not contestants. I'm just thinking contestants because your man from Big Brother 2, Brian Dowling, was there, who I love. I love him then, I love him now. Seems lovely. Love, love, love. That's Gary. That's Gary shouting at me there thinking, get a, get a thesaurus, dickhead, right? You're saying the word too many times. Anyway, sorry, I'm moving my chair. Stop hitting the seat. Anyway. So, I got it. So, I got on to the other nominees who I thought might be going. People I knew because I thought I was going on my own. And I said, hey, are you going? They both said no. Um, and then I brought up the ticket thing because I was bringing it up to everyone I could. Uh, and then um, they were like, oh, that's weird. Um, I'm not, I don't think they were charging me for a ticket. One person said, I didn't think they were charging me. And the other person was like, I'm pretty sure I was given a free plus one. Uh, I wasn't given one my first year. Someone said that, right? Um, but the, the the reality is, the, both of these two people had said no to even the one ticket. So they just assumed that they another conversation down the line would be how they could get their partner's ticket, right? So so I heard this, and I messaged the gossies, right? Before I even went, right? Before I even went, I messaged the gossies, Right, the Instagram. Just assuming, yes, this is the entity, the goss, the gossy. I'm getting in touch with you, gossy. Right, I messaged goss.ie and on Instagram. Just assuming this is the person who, and I know how events work. There's a sales department, there's an events department, and here I am messaging the Instagram like an idiot. And also, I messaged them, essentially calling them a fucking liar. You liar. I'm after getting on to two people. They said they think they might have got a spare ticket. What about, what, you, what, what, my, what my little man? What my dopey, am I? Huh? What am I? What, you think I'm going to get sleepy on this? Well, let me, t let, me let you know. Uh, you may think I'm the little guy, but I'm not going to be bashful when I say, you're fucking lying to me. I would like the same. So I messaged them. Anyway, I didn't say that. Of course. But I did essentially allude to the fact that I thought that they were lying to me. And I said, listen. I said, hi, Gossies. Uh, I'm after getting on to uh, two of the other um, nominees who have told me 
that they have been given free plus ones sent. And I'm typing my next bit, which was essentially saying, look, I would just appreciate the same treatment as, and while I'm typing that, I can see they're typing, and I'm like, fuck. I'm wrong. They didn't stop and get frozen in their lie when I sent the first message, which means that I'm wrong. <laughs> which means, you know, if they're writing back straight away, it means I've shit the bed right here. And I'm, I'm still writing my message, and I'm like, they're going to come back and be like, there's no way, because they reacted so quick. So I was like, right, I totally shit the bed here. And they got back and they said, look, I don't know where you got your information from. Uh, you know, whatever. We Honestly, all the nominees have to pay for, for a plus one. You know, a lot of people don't bring a plus one, but we offer you a discounted ticket. It would actually be, it's actually more for people just to go. And I understand that. I don't begrudge them. I can't begrudge them, but I do. You know, I can't begrudge them that I do. It's a small, it's a small ceremony. Okay. So. I I still wasn't sure. I still thought they might be lying to me, right? So um, I got on to, uh, I messaged James Kavanagh. I've chatted to him back and forth. I've liked some of his videos and said, ha-ha, and he said, ha-ha. Um, we were also both um, both in scenes in uh, Finding Joy, uh, RTE's Tony Cantwell, as seen on RTE for two seconds in Finding Joy. Um so I messaged him and I said, hey, what's the crack here? Um, are you going to the Gossies? I'm going to be going on my own. Um, you know, you know, I, I wasn't going to pay for my wife. Um, and he said, yeah, I know I wasn't going to pay either. Um, but look, there's a good crew or whatever. Uh, whatever. You just said, oh, you know, uh, you know, well, I'm not, I can't remember what he said. He said something like, well, yeah, oh, you know, yeah, I, I didn't want to pay either. So we're just going to go with, with there's a good crew going. So it was bittersweet. It was bitter in that I realized there and then that I was dead wrong and I just accused the Academy of fucking lying to me. But sweet in the fact that now he actually said, well, look, there's a good crew going and I'll get on to them and see if, you know, they can rearrange the table and put you on our table. Um, so, yeah. So I got on to the Gossies and I apologized. I said, sorry, you're dead. I was dead wrong. I was dead wrong. Uh, sorry about that. Um, but you know they weren't going to as if they were going to charge D. Devlin, Conor McGregor's partner. Um, but anyway, so that's how I. And then also, then on the day of the thing, I had to message them as well and be like, "Look, sorry, I actually didn't e RSVP to the email. <laughs> I assume because I was taught. Oh, sorry, I'm dumb. Yeah, I assume because I was talking to you that I got, I was on the guest list." Uh, so then I had, they had to then, last minute, put me on, whatever. I'm a child, okay? Um, but I, I went, I got all dolled up. I brought my Paul Smith replica suit that I had made in Vietnam. I saw a suit that I was going to get for my wedding, and then it was off sale. It was on sale, and then I didn't get it in time. It was like two grand, and then it was 200 quid. Didn't buy it for 200 quid. Then it went up again. I was like, right, fuck that. It looked kind of like a bra what Brandon Flowers might wear, huh? Fashion icon Brandon Flowers, um, which I'm I'm back on side with the killers. You know, I think I went off went off them for a few years because they reminded me of how sensitive a, a teenager I used to be, and for whatever reason, listening to Mr. Brightside made me think like brought up all these memories that I'd fabricated in my head about you know 
wanting to get with someone and then them maybe going off with someone else, which never happened. But I kind of thought it would inevitably happen, you know? I think I was watching too much Dawson's Creek or something, you know? And so the killers kind of reminded me of... I don't know if you've ever, you've ever been in the situation where you're, you're like when you're a teenager and maybe you're not even drinking, but you're at a gaff party and you're chatting to someone you don't know that, that well and you actually get on really well and it's kind of like this platonic deep chat where they tell you loads of deep stuff and you tell them loads of deep stuff. You tell them about someone you kind of like because they don't know any of your friends and then you end up, you know, getting deep in this conversation. And you would think, wow, this is the start of a beautiful friendship forever until you see them again and you're like, I can't fucking talk to that guy. He fucking unloaded on me and I unloaded on him. What you're saying in your head is, oh, he fucking unloaded on me. But you're thinking to yourself, I actually unloaded on him and I'm embarrassed that I told him so much that I can't tell my friends, you know. That's the relationship I had with the killers. So whatever. I arrived with this Paul Smith replica suit that I had made in Vietnam, not for 200 quid, for about 50 quid. And it did. It doesn't look it, I'll be honest. I went into this tailor's in Vietnam, and I saw all the seamstresses, and they were all incredible artists, and I just chanced my arm. I said, does anyone here embroider stuff? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, could you embroider something that looked like that? And it's basically all this coral. Coral? All this coral and fish and stuff like that. And they were like, could you embroider that? And she goes, yeah, it gives four hours. And I'm like, what? And I thought, right, I'll chance my arm. 50 quid, you know. And even if I come back and it just looks like crazy, you know, um, uh, like counterfeit Finding Nemo merch where, like, where Nemo has the head of like a Pikachu, you know, and one of the turtles is cross-eyed like, Dee! I'll be like, that'll be class. That'll be gas either way. I'll wear it for a show. I, met, I went four hours later and it was perfect. It was unreal. So I wore that suit, um, you know, and then I thought, hey, blow their minds a bit, huh? Blow their minds. And I'm going to put a confirmation ribbon on. <laughs> Gas. Gas. And I tell you this, going to a showbiz show with all the glitterati, right, um, on your own is great because everyone's on their phone. Like I thought, oh, my God, you can't get all dolled up. And then just sit on your own looking at your phone. But that's what everyone was doing. And you know, I'm not begrudging anyone. You know, people have hashtags to fulfill and things to do. So me looking at my phone for hours, which I didn't end up doing. It was only a couple of minutes. People actually ended up chatting to me. Actually, a few people came up to me at the bar. were like, hey, how's it going? You know, like some of your videos, you know. And I was chatting to other people. And, you know, what I did notice, though, I'll be honest, is that some people were laughing a little too hard. Right. Like all I said was someone said to me. Oh, hey, how you doing? Um, you know, uh, you having a good time? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I came here um, I was, and I said, thanks so much for talking to me. You know, uh, I didn't bring my wife. You know, I wasn't going to pay for the ticket. So I decided to come on my Tobler. And they were like, Tobler. <laughs> I was like, that's too, that's too loud. You're laughing too much. That I can't respect you. I can't respect you. You know, that shouldn't kill. It will kill. Don't know if you guys watch this. I watch this show called Forged in Fire, right? And it's a show where, uh, like, bladesmiths and blacksmiths, right, um, are are given, like, a replica blade to make from ancient history. It could be, like, a barbarian sword. It could be, like, um, a shimitar. It could be, like, a Frankish throwing axe. It could be a big warhammer, a mace, whatever it is. And they have to go home to their forges and make this, right? Um, and then it's put through a lot of tests to see who made the better the better blade, right? And it's actually quite sweet because it's a lot of lads who, mostly lads, uh, who probably have never left their home before. 
so that when then they leave their home, they're on this show, they look like a deer in headlights, they're really shy, and then it cuts back to them in their forge making the blade, and they're like, I'm so glad I'm finally home. I didn't like being outside and all this stuff. But anyway, the best part of the show is they have this guy called Doug Marcada, who was a bladesmith and a martial artist. He's about five foot tall, right? And he always, like, he tests out the blade on, like, a ballistics dummy. So a ballistics dummy is like a big kind of gel dummy, but it has the same consistency of flesh. It's kind of like this kind of, uh, it's kind of epoxy kind of thing, not epoxy, kind of a rubber that look, that has the same consistency of flesh. So if you stab it, it would be the same kind of thing as if you were stabbing through muscle. And inside it, they have all these fake guts with blood and stuff like that and a, and a skull. So they test the blade on this thing. And just for a few seconds, this guy will like take out this massive battle axe and you can watch this on YouTube, Forged in Fire, right? And he will just fucking smash this thing into this ballistics dummy. And blood is flying everywhere. And there's death metal. And the little guy's face, like these little kids who've just made this blade, like their face just light up like, cool. And they're like smashing this thing. And then he describes what he's just done. Like, as you can see, this battle axe went straight through the head. I was able to decapitate it. And as you can see, I was able to disembowel the corpse. And then he'll say, you know, whatever the name of the kid is, Connor, this blade, it will kill. And he always says the word kill like that. It will kill. And everything else he says is totally normal. It was a fine axe. It's perfectly balanced. And uh, and it will it will kill. And he always says it like that. Watch it. And even sometimes they even go they even say it along with him. It will kill. It's iconic. Watch it. Why did I get onto that? Um Yeah. People, whatever, we're, we're, we're laughing. We're laughing, and I couldn't respect that, you know. I mean, everyone seemed really nice, and I was actually ended up at the cool table. I was at the, the cool dude's table. Um, but I was chatting to some people at the bar, and I'm not having a go, right? Everyone seemed very nice, but they all seemed like the group of people that if everyone's phone went off at the same time, right, everyone's ringtone would be that, Shut up and dance with me. I said, you did all night. I said, your eyes on me. I said, you don't I said, shut up. And, and everyone's phone would be, shut up and shut up and dance. I, like, they seem like the type of people. So, you know, take with that what you will about the people who I thought were there. Although, and I don't think anyone was trying to offend me. I will say this, though. There was some fellow from Dancing in the Stars. I mean, I don't know if he's one of the judges. I don't watch the show, but he was dressed like Bruce Buffer. Right. And he was in the queue behind me and he was chatting to all the, the ladies and stuff. And then I turned and I was like, hey, how you doing? And he just fucking went stone. Give me a face of stone. Gave me a deadener in the eyes. And he was behind me in the queue. Yet. I saw him walk past me to get his photo taken before me. Skip the queue. Right. So I'm just saying if he's if RTE are recasting. Whatever, judges know that he's a cue skipper, right? Skip right ahead of me. Um, and so, and so, like, he obviously wasn't giving me, like, a dead face. Something must have happened. You know, he wasn't like, you're beneath me. I'm not going to look at you anymore. And this is the weird thing. I very seldom feel condescended to, right? I kind of assume that anyone who says something that's condescending, you know, it's like having some, you know... It, I feel like you can only be condescended to if you hold someone who condescends you up on a pedestal or something like that, you know? Like, if they say something to you, but they're like, you're like, fuck him. Like, what the fuck does he know? You know? If you know that, and then they're like, yeah, good one, Tony. Yeah, nice one. You'd just be like, all right. You know, you wouldn't feel condescended to it. It's a shit example. But 
I did feel condescended too when I was chatting to someone, right? And they, I think we've, we've a mutual friend. And I was like, oh, how are you doing? Yeah, I know you through uh, so, such and such. Um, and then they said, um, they were with someone else and they said, oh, I love your monster podcast, uh, Sexy Beasts. I do a, a monster review show where I review different cryptids, right? Um, and they said to the person they were with, oh, he does a review show uh, about, about monsters. Uh, and they were like, hmm, okay. And I was like, what? Don't give me that. Don't give me that. Okay. I know what that means, okay? I know what that okay means, okay? That okay used to be when you were 15 or 16 and someone said something weird, you'd be like, uh, all right, weirdo. Okay. Uh, you're weird. Uh, you're weird. You're fucking adult. Give me this. Okay. What, did all the fucking manners in your head just fucking toom, jettison at the top? Okay. You got, oh, he's got a monster review show. Okay. How about, oh, cool. Or, oh, nice. You don't have to press for me. You don't have to press for any more questions. Or, you know, oh, that's something I don't know much about. Can you tell me something about it? Oh, yeah. Did you know hear about the Chupacabra? Oh, yeah, that is a place in Dublin. <laughs> okay. You know, if someone came up to me and they were like, hey, this is my friend, bloody Shelfen. Shelfen. Shelfen, right? This is my pal Shelfen. Uh, he's got a podcast about cushions. I'd be like, okay, you telling me this means that you think that I would be interested in this, and don't get me wrong, I am, but that heightens how I'm going to react here because also someone has introduced me by this thing, right? So if I said this Shelfen, he's got a podcast about cushions, I'd be like, unreal. What do you do? Like, do you do the sitting cushions? Do you do the back cushions? Do you do it by size? How do you break that down? I'd say there's a lot to cover. What, 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 how do you break it down? You know, like, even if I didn't care, I would care. Because I'm a fucking human being. I want to hear about this fucking podcast about cushions. What would you call it? Hey, sit on it. That's what you call it. But with Shelfin. Hey, it's me, Shelfin. I mirror my buddy Tony Campbell. We were just at the Gossies. Shelfin, thanks so much for having me on. Hey, don't worry about it. All right. What are you sitting on now? Uh, I'm sitting on, uh, what, do you, what, what would it be, a square? Oh, you, this guy doesn't even know the cushions. And then Shelfin starts bullying me. Right? I don't know what I'm talking about, but you know what I mean. So it was annoying that, okay. So, and anyway, I even I didn't even got to this point. Well, no, I'll come to that in a second. Anyway, uh, I ended up being at the cool dude table, right? James Kavanagh, uh, my peer, right? That's right, Peter McGann. He is my fucking peer, right? We were nominated in the same category. And yes, I am a comedian. He's a presenter. And they're, you know, we, we're, you know, you know, whatever. Shut up. Shut up, Peter. Um. So, yeah, I'm at the cool, I'm at the cool table, right? I'm at the cool table with a bunch of cool dudes. There's like, you know, uh, Tara Stewart from 2FM is there. You know, Erica Cody's there. Whatever. I don't even fucking list off the people. Uh, Stephen Byrne, 2FM presenter, confronted me about making a chant about him online. You know, 
I'd uh, I'd come up with that that chant. Steve Burns, it's up, lad. He makes our hearts glad. We love him, we love him, we love him, we love him. All right. And he said that people have been bullying him about that. So I'm sorry about that. You know. Um. But so it was at a good table. But um. And guys, most important part. I won. And I have a recording of it right here. And the winner is... Tony Cantwell. Big, big win for Tony Cantwell here. Um, Honestly, I don't even know how he got this guy. This guy is a comedian cum social influencer. An emphasis on the word cum there, Jerry. Look how hot he looks in that jacket. I believe that's a Paul Smith. Could be mistaken, but either way, he looks terrific. Oh, wait, he's about to speak. <laughs> hey, uh, maybe this means I can finally get verified on Twitter, huh? <laughs> ah, no. Uh, now listen, uh, thank you for this award. It's something that, honestly, I'd love to share with uh, my beautiful wife, Terry. Uh, but I wasn't going to pay 135 euro a ticket. Are you joking me? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll be at the bar. Thank you so much. Yeah, I didn't win. No, I didn't win. All right, I didn't win, and to be perfectly honest, I, I reckon, I reckon, if if I, you know, I'm gonna do an OJ on you, yeah, I'm gonna do an OJ, and say if I won, um, it probably actually would have gone like this. And the winner is Tommy Candles. Who the fuck's that guy? Oh my God, he's actually gonna speak. He's actually gonna fucking speak. Oh, oh, sorry. Thank, thanks so much, everyone. Um, you're, you're all so gorgeous. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm actually getting emotional. Like, you know, you actually accept me as one of your own. You know, I might act like I'm too cool for all this, but reality is, when I was growing up, you know, I was a fat guy and I used to be bullied. But standing here in front of you guys, you know, say the line. Thank, uh, thank you. Um, you're all brilliant. Um, you, you look amazing. That. I just want to thank. Say the soft drink thing. Well, I. Do it, you coward. Oh my God. Do you guys, you guys want a soft drink? Guys. I'm sorry. So I didn't win. Whoop de do. I didn't win. And you know what? I learned something today. Well, over the weekend. I learned that the the people of the Gossies, they were very nice to invite me. I had a lovely time. It was a lovely meal. It was a meal. A succulent Chinese meal. Uh, it was a nice meal. Uh, my table were full of a bunch of cool dudes. Um, and just in general, do you know what? We have this idea of the glitterati, okay? The celebs. Uh, like they're like they're on some fucking pedestal looking down. And apart from Bruce Buffer, who was skipping the queue, and your one who was like, Okay. Uh everyone seemed very nice. And you know, I mean if you think about it, these aren't kinda of like, you know, fucking bullies. Ninety percent of the lads were gay, so we're definitely bullied, you know? So it's not like there's people on one side looking down on the other side. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's just normal, just normal people. 
one of the 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 person who was at my table who won influencer of the year um had raised i don't can't remember her name had raised 300,000 euro for like a children's hospital or something i don't remember i was locked then i was actually so locked right that had i that every time they started playing that fucking dancing with the stars I was chanting it. At some cases, in some, I think even at one stage, our table were chanting that. I think I let it uh, so loud that Nicky Byrne was his interview was interrupted when he was collecting the award for Dancing on the Stars. He's your man from Westlife, so I made a splash at least. I was inspired by the coral and fish on my lapels, and I made a splash. That's all you can ask. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your continued support and for coming up to me and saying, hey, Tony, I like the podcast. It means a lot and it keeps me going. It keeps me making sure that I get these out on time, which is why I'm here at one o'clock in the morning uh, getting this one out. So some of you on your way to work at uh, six, yeah, well, they can remember, can know, whatever, leave a carry. That I made this five hours ago. Um, and if you are considering coming to see me live, please do so. Uh, February 14th, I'll be in Cork. There's a couple of tickets left for that. And that would be, I think it's close to selling out. So that would be cool if that's all out. But hey, it's not all about that. That's what I learned at my glitterati party. Um, uh, February 20th in Limerick in Dolans. Uh, that's about half sold. Um, but, uh, you know, whatever. It'll... I don't know. I don't know what will happen. But come on. If you're in Limerick or you know someone in Limerick, uh, please do come to that. Uh, March 14th in Ratoth, selling well. Please do come along to that in Ratoth in Meath. Uh, March 21st, the Spirit Store in Dundalk. Please do come along. Uh, and March 28th in Cavanaghs in Port Leash. That's the last one of the tour. So I will be getting loose. Uh, I might not. Look, it's not all about the booze. Um, but look, thank you very much. And if you've enjoyed this, please share and uh, and uh, uh, like and let your pals know. And as always, guys, you love you too. And I love you too. If you want to support this podcast and get a full ad-free episode, sign up to Headstuff Plus. 